Hey, I'm your host, Cyrus Slayman, and welcome to another episode of PM Hub Podcast Series, where we feature product leaders across the tech industry in the Canadian space. In this episode, I'll be talking about product experimentation and how to make it a part of DNA of your organization, especially for larger teams, you know, as being an effective product manager is building the right feature, you know, that either solves the user problem or is a delighter to basically set you apart from the competition for the users, right? Now, in order to get to that point, you'll need to, you know, put on your scientific hat and start to experiment with different ideas. And guess what? We don't have the time to test all the ideas that we have come to our mind and we gather feedback. So, you know, to help us get a better understanding of this concept and how to apply it specifically for larger teams, uh, I'll be chatting with Matthew Martin, who's a product manager for native apps and emerging platforms at CBC. Matthew, welcome to PM Hub Podcast. Thank you. All right, so let's kick it off. And yeah, tell us uh, a bit about yourself and your background and how you got into product management. For sure. So, um, you know, I've, I've been working in, uh, in digital for, you know, probably close to 10 years. Um, sort of started out uh, on web development and, you know, did some freelancing, worked with a few agencies. Uh, and then, you know, around that time, um, you know, mobile app development was, was sort of kicking off. This is in you know, the, the early 2010s. And, uh, you know, I've always been interested in technology. And so it's sort of, you know, grabbed my, uh, my interest and, um, you know, started to really pursue uh, Android development because it was a fairly accessible field, um, lots of, uh, you know, open source knowledge and easy to get, you know, started developing for the platform. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just sort of dove into mobile app development. Uh, at that point, I, you know, was looking for sort of a full-time gig um, and uh, fortunately, you know, managed to land a job with CBC and really started working uh, from the start of when we started taking apps seriously. So, uh, you know, I was really the main Android developer um, at the start of our build out of, you know, our native applications. And, uh, you know, throughout that process, I was really always quite interested in, um, you know, how the work we're doing was gonna be landing with the audience. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed being involved in the stakeholder conversations and, um, you know, talking about different possibilities, um, seeing what's been successful. And so I think as a developer, I was still very interested in, you know, how the product success was actually coming together and, you know, being involved in those conversations with stakeholders about, you know, trying to prioritize work and whatnot. Um, at uh, at a point, the the current uh, PM actually ended up uh, leaving um, the org, and you know he encouraged me to really uh, step up and take on the, the the PM role, and and so you know I I sort of um, went forward to to my leaders at the time and said you know this is something I'm really interested in, um, you know. Um, I'm the best person for the job. I know the product really well. I have a relationship with stakeholders. Uh, and, you know, fortunately, they, they sort of bought into that and um, just, you know, jumped jumped right in. Very cool. Yes, I guess that's one of the most common 
backgrounds, you know, being a developer and also like you yourself, you know, in your role, you proved yourself and then uh, there was a position open and then you kind of transitioned into, which is very common. Interesting. And uh, now you, your current team at CBC, uh, where you're a product manager, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, how many team members you have in your product team? What's the structures like? Yeah. So, um, you know, as I, as I mentioned, like really being there from the start of, of our app development, you know, when we, when we first started growing as a team, we we're, we we're in, you know, that pretty typical small team size, I would say, you know, four to six people. Um, we we're supporting both Android and iOS. Um, and, you know, at, at that point, point it was really about um you know where let's say our strategic focus was and how how do we support you know this sort of um you know new these new platforms and and so since that that time we've really been um you know trying to uh grow as as much as possible and really secure the funding to be able to have a team size that you know can actually um have the resources together to, to build these great audience experiences. Um, we've gotten to a point now where actually, uh, I think we're, we're 16 people in our team. Um, you know, we have a fairly uh, cross-functional team um, that represents, uh, you know, the sort of technical development side. Uh, we have a couple of product people. Um, we have, uh, you know, UX product designers, UX researchers, uh, QA. So we're really, you know, a large team, but we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, really capture that, that cross-functional nature where, um, you know, we're bringing different skills and backgrounds together to solve problems together. It's very interesting when you talk about, uh, you know, this, this, the, you yourself kind of grew with the role and the team size. And it's really interesting that you've been a part of it, uh, you know, since, since the beginning, which is very cool. Uh, okay. And, uh, so right now your product team, 16 people, cross-functional, and you pretty much have, uh, sounds like you have all different roles. Uh, now, in terms of, you know, the topic that we're talking about for this episode on, you know, experimenting for product ideas and the problems that you're trying to solve, you know, for users, uh, how does your team, you know, go about prioritizing these experiments? What's the approach that your team takes? Yeah, so, you know, I think, um, being with this org and this team as we've grown, we sort of, you know, we started to take on, you know, sort of that agile mindset and uh, moving away from waterfall development. And with that, you know, we've tried to sort of keep on top of, you know, what are the, you know, the current practices and approaches to organizing a team and, um, you know, delivering value to our audience, be it through, uh, you know, lean or experimentation or, um, you know, any of the other frameworks that are out there, um, you know, we're, we're a pretty, uh, um, you know, easygoing team in terms of not trying to stick to a specific implementation of a framework. We're trying to, you know, figure out what works for us. And I think with experimentation, we realize that, you know, this is uh, a method to really ensure the work we're doing is, um, is valuable work. The work that we're doing is being well received by our audience and it helps you know shape the conversations with stakeholders in the business to actually think more about like what is the outcome we're driving towards as opposed to 
uh, you know, a deliverable that we're committing to. I love that. I love that. I think that's that's something that I hear a lot of uh, PMs out there talk about, uh, you know, different frameworks. And it's kind of like a, uh, you know, it's like, it's like you put people kind of like put these labels on these frameworks, but at the end of the day, uh, the best way to go at it, in my opinion as well, is just, you know, see what works best for you and your team, right? So I love that you guys are taking an approach uh, to prioritize. Uh, uh, okay. And uh, like in terms of like now, you know, when we're talking about, you know, CBC, huge company and, you know, your team, obviously uh, you're trying to, you know, follow the uh, the roadmap, you know, that you guys are working together with your team. Uh, how kind of like, can you tell us like, what are some ways that, you know, you and your team utilize to, you know, make sure that the results that are putting out are, you know, properly shared across the org organization and accessible for everyone to kind of engage with? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, working at a big company, there's always, uh, you know, different audiences that you're trying to um, share information with. Um, so, you know, as an example, we have, um, let's say, weekly uh, demo reviews that we do with, you know, more of our, our closer stakeholders. And so um, with that audience, you know, we're sharing more, you know, screenshots of, let's say, dashboards or user feedback um, just to help, you know, easily share some of the information that we're looking at. Um, I think even, you know, on, on, a, on a daily scale, when we're meeting as a team, uh, you know, I try to um, surface, you know, how experiments are, are progressing just to really keep, you know, that, that thought um, in, in, you know, top of mind with my team. Um, we do uh, sort of these weekly or monthly uh, product briefs where we'll share a bit, you know, higher level information generally about maybe how we're tracking against OKRs, how, you know, a specific experiment um, might affect one of those, those key results, those indicators. Um, so I think, you know, for the product briefs, it's a bit higher level just in terms of, hey, we did this experiment. This is uh, this was our hypothesis. This is what we were driving towards, and this is how it impacted you know this um, this key result. Uh, and then you know that there's um, some form of a community of practice where we're trying to let's say internally share more results as as a you know product group to just improve our practice. So I think there, there's always these different you know levels of granularity of information that you're sharing. Um, I try to, you know, create a lot of dashboards, email them out, post them on Slack, just to keep it top of mind for everyone. Um, and then you can see there are some people that want to dive more into it and are hungry for more more data. So, uh, you know, I always have that uh, at the ready if if people are interested in engaging with it. Uh, do you have to do uh, kind of like kind of prep these? uh dashboards tailored to the audience that you're sharing with or is it like I mean, you know what you create one organization-wide kind of dashboard that's that makes kind of like looks after uh you know explaining these you know metrics to you know pretty much all the audience or do you got to go about separately you know uh and then kind of like share them separately with the teams yeah i mean i you know I think there's um, there's people who work in research and they have um, 
you know, sort of that mandate to distribute information to various levels of the business. So, you know, I'm not trying to um, duplicate the work that they're doing. Um, but I think, you know, being closer to the product, you have, uh, you know, more insight into specific pieces of information that are, um, that are interesting points to keep on top of. And then, you know, you can see how those, those pieces actually support sort of the, the wider org KPIs. Um, you know, I'm looking at some of my peers, you know, the people that are really into the data of their product have a better understanding, I think, of how to actually be impactful with experiments. Um, you know, I've, I've always been really interested in, in, in metrics and understanding, um, you know, both, let's say, you know, quant and qual data for, for my product. So I think that's, that's an aspect of being a PM that can really help you with experimentation if you're the one that is actually, you know, digging into the data as opposed to, um, you know, relying on other people to help, um, you know, share what's actually happening. I love that. I love that. I think, yeah, the mix of both quality and quantitative that you mentioned is actually the key uh, to keep the balance. And you also mentioned earlier that you have these weekly demos with the closer stakeholders. Is um, I mean, is this a weekly also aligned with your sprint uh, kind of like uh, levels or is it kind of like a separate thing? It's not related to the sprints. Yeah, so I think, you know, going back to all the different frameworks that are out there, um, you know, we do, I, I've always been a, a proponent of, you know, weekly sprints and trying to do weekly releases. Um, you know, it, it can be a bit challenging and I, you know, we've never been a team that's, you know, been, you know, overly occupied with closing out every ticket in a sprint. So I, I think, you know, in terms of strict agile, we're actually not, uh, you know, not doing too well from, let's say a weekly sprint view. Um, but we do plan weekly, we do review weekly, um, we try to release weekly, um, but we don't get too caught up in, you know, getting across the finish line with all of our tickets. Okay. No, that's fair. Definitely. I can, the scale is huge. So now in terms of like engaging your, you know, end users, how often do you, you know, interview them uh, for, for kind of like to, to talk about the possible, you know, talk about the problems and the solutions and testing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's um, there's a wide range of uh, research tools that we we look at, and you know, we've we've really committed, I think, over the past year to sort of beefing up our UX research. Um, the way that I I see it is, you know, we have this sort of discovery phase where we're trying to go really wide and understand user problems, and uh, you know, involve the team in some of the discovery work to understand limitations on sort of the, the technical side. Um, in that discovery work, you know, we, we have a few tools at our disposal, like um, sometimes we do guerrilla testing, sometimes we do uh, surveys, sometimes we'll do uh, actual user interviews. You know, we're keeping track of a lot of user feedback in the stores. Uh, we have, um, you know, a feedback form that we also get information in from, from users. So I think in terms of, uh, like UX research, it's just a constant that we're doing, um, on the, on the interview side, we're trying to do it at least quarterly so that we have this sort of, you know, baseline understanding of how the audience is reacting to our product. Um, but 
things like guerrilla testing, um, surveys can be a little more ad hoc. And, uh, you know, is it is a monthly that we're, we're sort of getting out there and, and doing a few things? Uh, I know daily we're looking at, at user reviews. Um, so so really it's, it's a constant that we're trying to, uh, you know, continue to um, incorporate in, in how we approach the work that we're doing so that when we actually commit to doing something, we're fairly confident that it's going to be successful. Love it. Love it. All right. So now let's move on to, you know, the actual, uh, you know, maybe the exciting part for a lot of people, the ideas, right? The, the experimentation, the ideas that you come up with. Like, how does it work for your team? Is it all from the product team of 16 people that you have, or is it also from outside? How, how is that kind of like process work for your team? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's it's challenging in our environment because of the scale of of our org. Um, we've used a few different methods to source ideas. Um, you know, sometimes, yeah, it'll be just within the team where we'll we'll talk about stuff, maybe in um, in planning or uh, you know, we do um, have like UX specific um, backlog refinement. So we'll sort of you know start surfacing some ideas there. Uh, we've had uh, feature pitching sessions and experiment pitching sessions in the past where we include um, the full team as well as extended stakeholders. Um, and then, uh, you know, as, as we've started to incorporate OKRs a little more, we've, we've tried to uh, use sort of OKR planning and action planning as a way to pitch ideas for experiments that'll uh, hopefully affect uh, a key result. Okay. All right. Yep. That, that totally makes sense. I guess you guys are utilizing a, a range of them. And also I assume, uh, the customer feedback also would be part of that as well as a part of the whole kind of backlog or the final, let's say for ideas, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that, um, we look to a lot, be it either for, uh, let's say new feature ideas, be it for, um, you know, current issues or problems that users are facing. Um, be it for maybe bugs or, uh, you know, some signs around some of the editorial content that we're creating. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think we're, we're a data hungry team and, uh, you know, user feedback is a huge part of what informs, um, you know, our direction. Definitely. Yeah. Love it. Uh, so let's just talk about, you know, creating a culture for experimentation, which I, I'm sure a lot of teams are kind of looking up to do as well. Uh, how does that, you know, ideal experimentation culture look like to you and your team? Yeah, so, you know, I, I think a, a piece that I'm always trying to encourage is, you know, I, I don't want people to feel like they are constrained by their job titles. So, you know, I don't want uh, developers to think that they can't um, make suggestions about UX. I don't want UX people to um, feel they're constrained uh, in making suggestions maybe around, um, you know, how something should be implemented development-wise. Um, so I, I think, you know, we're, we're always trying to create that, that culture where people are uh, interested and, you know, feel um, comfortable just talking about everything we do. And so for experimentation culture, you know, I would, I don't, I don't think we've gotten to that ideal state, but I would love to be at a place where, you know, everyone is talking about experiments. 
Um, everyone uh, has the ability to be an owner for an experiment and so can help um, sort of uh, design it, you know, write a hypothesis, um, help with the implementation and the measurement of it. And then, you know, is also part of sharing out results to the org. So, you know, I see and I've heard from, let's say, developers where, oh, you know, I don't really have the time to do this right now. Like, I need to focus on development. And I, I think what we need to be better at is getting people to think outside of like, okay, this is my role. This is what I do because experimentation sort of touches every role. And so we need people to be open to, you know, um, contributing to uh, how we move with, with certain experiments. Love it. Yeah, I think I'm definitely with you and, you know, creating that space uh, so everybody feel involved, uh, like you said, for UX designers, for developers, and not to be constrained by their role, as you mentioned. I think that's definitely a great way to look at it. And then you also talk about, you know, the the uh, the level of balance, like how, how do you keep balance, you know, when you're creating and you're encouraging that culture of uh, experimentation? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think part of it is on the, um, you know, the, the product team to make sure we're working at a pace where people feel, you know, oh, I don't have to be heads down coding for uh, 40 hours a week, right? So I think part of it is just making sure um, the pace that we're trying to set as a product team is is sustainable um, and and provides opportunities for people to sort of step outside of their role a bit uh, and feel that it's actually valuable time for them. Definitely, yeah. So we talked about you know getting the customer feedback in, you know in the whole as, as kind of an integral piece of uh, you know experimentation with ideas and being like the voice of the customer, as we say. Uh, how does your team, you know, ensures that this actually happens? Yeah, you know, I mean, apps are uh, are an interesting um, domain because we have, you know, public review channels in the stores that, you know, people are used to um, looking at star ratings and, and seeing user feedback. So, you know, as opposed to, let's say, a website or maybe some other platform, we actually have, you know, public uh, reviews um, attached to our product. So I think there's there's a, a unique component there where um, it's it's sort of in our face and, and that that um, you know that dynamic is already created. I think from from a team point of view, you know we have uh, a slack channel that's pulling in that feedback. so um, it's easy to to see it. We don't have to sort of go somewhere else to see that feedback. Um, and then I think it's really just, you know, creating that, that atmosphere where, um, you know, we're, we're helping to justify some of our work by pointing at this user feedback or pointing at this, this interview or pointing at this survey. So I think really, you know, always sort of doubling back to, you know, part of the motivation behind going this route was because of this feedback just helps, you know, keep that top of mind. And then, um, you know, we've seen uh, when we do react to that feedback and, and put out some improvement and then, you know, there's there's either uh, reduced user feedback around that problem or there's new feedback, um, you know, with sort of user, user pleasure and enjoyment. You know, I think that that sort of validates the whole cycle. Definitely. I'm with you. Yes, it's app ratings, man. So it's 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 public. It's out there. Right. So it's definitely, uh, you know, uh, 
for itself is very obvious, right? So that's definitely true. Uh, now, let's uh, going back to the culture of experimentations. You know, definitely, it's I can imagine it's not easy even for a small team, let alone like a bigger size team like your your team that you're working at CVC right now. Uh, what are some of the challenges when you want to foster this culture of experimentation? Yeah, you know, I think from a, a product leader standpoint, you know, there's always um, pressure to deliver and, and, and have deadlines. And, you know, having deadlines does not um, necessarily encourage uh, the use of experimentation in your in your work. Um, you know, I, I think culturally, uh, you can try to influence that experimentation culture within your team, but then there's there needs to be buy-in from the rest of the org. Uh, you know, we've had um, advocates for experimentation, which has been really beneficial and, and helps create space because you know, when, when you when you first start doing experimentation, um, you're you're going to have a lot of failure. And I think even when you're really good at experimentation, you're going to have a lot of failure. So, you know, people need to be comfortable sharing um, those wins, sharing those losses. Uh, but I think ultimately, if you can point back to the, the, the success of moving those outcomes and, um, you know, when you're experimenting versus a control group, it's, it's pretty easy to show this thing led to this uh, increase or decrease in a metric. Um, if you're not experimenting versus a control group, there's just so many other environmental factors that it's hard to you know, be uh, sure that your change actually was the cause for you know, that, that gain or loss. Definitely. As they say, you know, fail fast and fail often, right? So uh, yeah. that, that, that should be a part yeah. of it too. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. Perfect. So moving on, uh, and you mentioned talked about how to overcome the challenges to have the buy-in from the you know leadership, which is a great point. Uh, now in, let's move on to metrics. You know, and I know you you said you love data and metrics. Uh, how do you approach you know metrics for experimentations? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's. I think there's challenges in um, in just how experimentation is sold a bit. I, I think a lot of people look at it as you're trying to move these, you know, these big metrics. But in reality, if you're if you're trying to move a big metric, it's it's going to be really hard to do that through experimentation. So you really want to look at, you know, what is the metric, like the actual action that you're trying to affect of that user. And then you do that because you believe that action then helps support some some greater metric. So let's say for um, onboarding experiments, you know maybe it's um, setting up some some user settings, going through a few pages. You're doing all of that because you see users that you know configure their onboarding um, retain better. They're higher engaged. So you always have to look at you know for the experiment, what is that more specific action that you're trying to affect? with the belief that it affects uh, some greater metric that is important to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess, and I guess maybe the biggest challenge is actually finding that, uh, you know, very specific metric re relative to the experiments that you're running. And uh, I'd say maybe also calibrating it in a way that's like, you know, uh, 
there are a lot of external factors that could be affecting ex experiments, let's say a result that you're looking at. So I think that also, you know, could be a challenge, let's say, uh, maybe a metric that you're looking at is being affected by multiple different factors. One of them could be the experiment that you're, you know, you know, testing. So how do you overcome that? Yeah, you, you want to make sure, um, you know, the the event that you're trying to impact. Make sure that your your change in however many variants you have is as close to that event as possible, so that you can be more confident that your change led to that that difference. Um, I think, I think that's, you know, what we struggled with at the beginning maybe was um, trying to look at, you know, let's say highs of like daily active users or time spent and thinking that we could design an experiment that would show, uh, you know, gains to those metrics. Um, in reality, it's, it's more about, oh, can we get more users to convert to, uh, you know, consuming this type of content or, um, can we get more users to, uh, you know, configure this setting? Um, and then we see users that do that, you know, come back more often and spend more time. So it's really, you know, just trying to dissect, like, what is the, the action that you think leads to a, a higher engaged user, uh, a better retained user, and then really try to experiment close to as close to that action as possible um to you know be confident that your change actually affected the user in doing that action and um you know showed gains to to more of your higher level kpis yeah no i i agree and it's all you know at the end of the day numbers and uh in analytics a lot of it is relative as well right so it's really hard to if you want to look at them from an absolute standpoint but you're making a great point all right so now, I guess we, we covered pretty much uh, everything that we had in here. Now, for your team and, you know, and your position and your team, what's next for you guys and your team? What's what's coming up for your team at the at the CBC for mobile division? Yeah, so, you know, the, um, the current news cycle is very high. You know, we're sort of in um, exceptional times right now with, uh, with COVID-19, um, you know, I think it's it's pretty uh, apparent we have elevated traffic levels, and so you know what what can we do right now to better you know solve um, the user problem of today, um, and then how do we create uh, you know a, a habitual loyal user coming out of this, um, sort of you know taking advantage of that that acquisition opportunity that uh, you know the heightened news cycle has given us. So that you know, we're we're always just um, you know continuing to to try and improve the product. Um, we don't really uh, you know let down at all. We're we're just we're just always um, cranking away. And so I think you know we're we're continuing to try to create that that pipeline of discovery work that can then feed into you know delivery um, focused work that we're confident will will benefit our users. Yeah, no, I love, I love how, uh, I, I love how you, you get your team and you guys are seeing this. Uh, it's definitely an opportunity, uh, you know, to uh, basically improve the, uh, you know, what you guys are offering, uh, you know, for for the CBC mobile app, and it's a great way to look at it, you know, and how can you take advantage of this opportunity to make sure that you keep 
you know, uh, the users engaged, uh, you know, with your app and basically not that be just like by, by this COVID-19 situation. That's great. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being with us, uh, Matthew. Thanks, Cyrus. Yeah, it's a great time. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of PM Hub Podcast Series. Uh, please make sure to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at PMHubTO to stay tuned with our latest episodes. And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe. See you then. Ciao.